0: This episode is sponsored by Rimmel Greenhouse Systems, makers of quality greenhouse structures. Whether you're just getting started or buying your 10th tunnel, Rimmel has a structure to fit your needs. I've purchased and grown in Rimmel houses and would recommend them to everyone. Thanks to Harvest Host for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Harvest Host provides a cost-free opportunity for small businesses and farms to increase revenue simply by inviting their self-contained RV members to stay one night on their property. In return, members patronize or donate to the business. Well-established harvest hosts are reporting an average of fifteen thousand dollars in additional annual revenue. Hey, thriving farmers! Michael Kilpatrick here with yet another episode of the Thriving Farmer Podcast, and today my guest is Natasha McCrary, and she farms at eighteen eighteen Farms, and they are located in Mooresville, Alabama, which is the population of fifty-eight folks. 1818 was named for the year Mooresville was incorporated, one year before Alabama became a state. The happy animal residents on the farm include baby doll South Down sheep, a Nubian goat, cats, hens, mini pigs, and great Pyrenees guard dogs. In adjacent field, over 14,000 flowers show off their best colors and blooms, having been lovingly and carefully tended to. Uh, The farm hosts events, It has a line of bath and body products that have grown from their commitment to the farm and needs for simple products that really work. And they have a seed to vase initiative, which strengthens the educational component of their mission as a share information on ways to identify, grow, harvest, and arrange seasonally grown flowers. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, Michael, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Share a little bit about how the farm got started. I mean, it sounds like you kind of started it as a, just a, something to teach your kids.
1: It did. And this is our 10th year, which is hard for me to believe. And uh, in some ways, it feels like it hasn't been 10. And in other ways, it feels like it's been 20 years, this is what I told my husband last night. We were talking about it. But it's in uh, my son, and uh, he, we were on a family trip and he fell in love with the Southdown Baby Doll sheep. And, I was at a point in my life where I had been as, I had a career before corporate America, and then I stayed at home with my kids, and it was time to go back to work, and he he fell in love with his sheep, and all I could talk about was owning a sheep, and he, you know, he, that's, that's you know, he wanted to rent his sheep to nativity scenes, he wanted to sell the manure, he wanted to, um, uh, sell the wool, and he's always been an entrepreneur. I mean, even as a small child, I tell people he was the one who would sell his toys to his siblings. So that's kind of what got me thinking. We had um, we had some acreage that wasn't being used, and I thought this would be a great way. As anyone who knows, it's uh, tending to animals is a great way to teach your children responsibility. And so I thought this would just be a great a great family project. And we started out really going to focus more on agritourism and having the animals and education and do you know story times for children and teach how to raise uh build raised beds and how to raise backyard chickens and it just sort of snowballed from there and it's you know we started growing produce for restaurants and then we were doing farmers markets and then I started the bath line and um Uh it just has you know it's kind of like you go one step forward and then you say hey I think I could do this so it's just really grown over the year but it's been a great teaching experience for our children. We have one who now is 23, almost 23, one who's almost 19 and one who's 16. And I think what I really appreciate about this is they have seen a lot. They know what it is to work hard. They know how dedicated you have to be if you farm, if you have your own business. So I think I'm the most proud of what they have learned from this experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, tell me, uh, how are the kids involved in the farm?
1: Well, my oldest now is in missile defense work. So he is not um, working. I mean, he's, he's out of college, but he's. they still all help. When we have farm events, all hands are on deck. My middle child, mm. he does a lot with, we now do, um, we we flipped in 2018 to all flowers because we did produce before We we switched in And so he's really big on routing and doing a lot of the customer service and delivering flowers. Like I was really sad because he just went to college. So I'm like, how are we going to make it with our bouquets this year? And then my uh, youngest, she does a lot too with any kind of farm day or if we need help harvesting, like, you know, harvesting is a big thing here, especially when we're doing workshops Uh in the summer and just events too. And then now that she's 16, she'll be taking over flower delivery routes because you know, where we are located, I know you say 58 people, but we're located uh, just on the outskirts of Huntsville, Alabama, Madison, Alabama, Decatur, Athens, um, Hartzell. So there's lots of cities around us and those all fall in our delivery areas. So, Uh you know, you may be delivering up to, you know, 40 minutes away, but you route everything together. So that was important with our middle child really working out a routing system for us because it, it makes most sense when you're you're trying to be efficient with your time. So um, mm-hmm. yes, yes. So, and then we have had our middle child also did some work when we were converting our website, pulling over blogs and, um, you know, just lots of different things. I think they've seen a lot, you know, just a lot of different things more so, you know, building boxes in our warehouse, you know, we know Christmas is coming, and we're going to be shipping a lot of products. So, you know, even if they're doing simple things like delivering to FedEx or taking things, you know, to stores. So they do a lot of just a little bit of everything.
0: Mm-hmm. And have they uh, like developed their own little niche in the business of what they enjoy, or you try to get them to do a little bit of everything so they can get a well-rounded uh, of what it takes to run a business.
1: I think we try to let them see a little bit of everything. Um, especially, you know, our oldest is, we know he's in, he's an engineer, you know, he's seen things. He's been a huge help he was delivering flowers and just any capacity we needed them in but I think also for them to love it you need to find things they're passionate about and I think that's with anyone like Uh there are a lot of people like I thrive on the the manual labor and the planning and the next season you know that's not for everybody you know the seeing the seed grow that's not for everyone but let's say with my daughter she's very artistic so we do a lot of Press flower art. So she's great at that. So you're trying to really tap into to make someone happy, they need to be doing something they love. So uh, you know, we let them see a little bit of everything. And of course, any any of them can deliver flowers. That's not a you know, that's such a huge part for us. But it's also we're trying to find, you know, perhaps they're seeing the side, the financial side. And my middle son wants to be is a finance major. So, you know, we're trying to really talk to him about cash flow and how you plan, mm-hmm. you know, the seasons ahead. So there's a lot of different ways that you can, our, our business is so diversified that there's a lot of things that you can teach them.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you have, well, then let's, let's go back to, let's talk about those different enterprises because you have like th- several distinct enterprises on the farm.
1: Yes, so uh, probably what a lot of people, if you said, hey, make it, you know, Let's, it. let's talk about 1818 farms. They're going to say they have the cutest sheep I've ever seen. I mean, they're going to say that. Uh-huh. So we ha- we breed the sheep. Then we have, um, you know, cut flowers and we do cut flowers. We press, we do um, also natural textile dyeing. So that's a big thing. And then you would have a whole nother uh, segment of the population who they use our bath and body products that we manufacture ourselves. So you know, we have, we're in around 500 stores for that. So that's another whole process. Like we have an offsite facility where we have employees there, mm-hmm. yet we have employees at the farm. We may overcross, overlap each other when we get into uh, Christmas because of just mm-hmm. trying to, you know, shipping holiday gifts and things like that. But, you know, the two teams really don't overlap all, a lot except for just a couple of months out of the year. hmm Mm-hmm. And for me, that people say, well, why did you start the bath line? Well, I'll tell you what, when we first started at, in our climate here, we're in northern Alabama. Our first frost is typically around November 1st, something like that. Um, my husband's a businessman. I had to feed the animals. So, you know, the farmer's markets were done. I was like, what am I going to do for the next six months? You know, I didn't have a hoop house. I, you know, I didn't have anything like that. So I started taking the dried flowers that I had from the season before and making soaps and, you know, then really learning how needs that I needed. I want simple ingredients that really worked. You know, how can I make a cream that moisturizes, but doesn't have a million ingredients that I can't even pronounce. So for me, it started out as a necessity to pay the electricity, feed the animals, uh, you know, and, and I had, that's why I started the side business, but that's probably now, you know, what allows me to do as much as I want to at the farm, because I do have that side business, you know, we're having a product showcase coming up where we'll be really displaying our from the farm products. But a lot of that I allow to have that type of following because I have diversified and found another revenue stream.
0: Yes. So talk to me a little bit about some of these awesome names you have that are actually based on the farm animals.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. So when um, people just love the animals. So when we started making the products, I said, oh, I need to make this. You know, people love Farrah Fawcett. You know, she's a, we have this goat named Farrah Fawcett who's so naughty. And I said, you know, we're going to do a mm. goat milk bath soak. So I tried to tie each animal you know to huh. a product so or a product to an animal because every animal poor things they don't all have a product but like you have kane's lip care he's one of our rams and his a little pencil sketch my mother-in-law pencil sketches you know little realistic versions of them or we have sugar in her uh night night hat wearing up on the counting sheep linen and room spray so you know it's just another way to really tie the farm to the products and it's a way for someone who loves the farm maybe you live in Denver and you can't come to the farm but you have this product and you know the farm brings you joy you use the product you say hey what's 1818 doing today we're going to go see you know we're harvesting loofahs, we're putting in a cover crop we're birthing lambs I mean you it's really just trying to put your brand at the forefront of everyone's mind.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm so then obviously with this that with the animals and such i'm assuming you're, you're telling their stories on your social media which is then causing people to go buy those products
1: well hopefully so it's, it's interesting because i think a lot of our it's interesting i think a lot of it's it's two way a two-way street i think a lot of people found the products in their stores And then they say this is so cute let me go look at their site and they follow us along like if you went to our my website or you went to instagram right now you're Mm -hmm. not going to see a lot of bath products up there because really the reason people are following us is they want to know what's happening in the Uh farm So our strategy is a little bit different in that that you know they they love the product they start to use the product they continue to use the product but really what we're telling is a story and we're telling you know, a day, you know, I do a lot in the stories too. And, you know, what's happening at the farm. And I think a lot of that is, I know for me personally, I like following people who are telling a story and I'm seeing Mm -hmm. now their life, not necessarily do I want to see, you know, they're selling, you know, lip balm. I mean, you know, we do put things in and out of there, but we all, it's more like if there's a holiday and, and it, I mean, we just have a little bit different marketing model, but it's worked. And, you know, I think people are happy with it. I mean, you can tell from, if you look at analytics, if you post a product picture, are you going to get, you know, how many likes and engagement are you going to get versus if I post a new lamb or I post the flowers, you know, people yeah. are wanting to, they're hungry for experiences. I think, especially after the pandemic, when so many people were, you know, more, some states were a lot more restricted. And, you know, we had an open farm day in May, this past May, we, we used to open the farm and until 2020, we were open for a free day, public day. We have a lot of free events and uh, the sheep sharing. And so we had to cancel because it was like March, you know, whatever 2020. I mean, it was like, like literally the weekend that, that, you know, everyone said you can't have entertainment, you know, whatnot. So we hadn't been open since 2020. So we were open. We had four thousand, like almost four thousand people coming to the farm that day. We had people from yeah. New York. We had people from Texas. We had people from Ohio. We had people from you know Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and a lot of them were people who found us during social uh, the pandemic. You know because they you know uh-huh. found they were looking you know they were looking for different uh, types of businesses to follow, and that's how they found us. So I think that told me a lot there in the strategy that we use. Um, and how we reach our customers. You know it's just a little bit different.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. So with the bath and body now how do you develop those cr- products? Are you just trying things at home or are you well, years you know, working ago, with somebody? Yeah,
1: yeah, well no, we develop everything ourselves and we test 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 and we have a lot of testers for us. You know, you um like when any I mean it takes to get a product out it's going to take you a good 6 months to a year, probably on the year side hmm. because you're going to You know, let's say we did a shaving oil and a beard oil for men. You know, I can't test that. I mean, I had to find people and, you know, I had to have a a form. I'd have a, you know, basically a, you know, a form, a survey. And so you do a lot of development that way. And it's just over time, I've made so many products. It's kind of like if you're a good cook, you sort of figure out how to do things. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. If you can cook, I mean, it's a lot of what the products are is, uh, uh, but it's also, Like we're trying to find every product that we make is probably selfishly, other than the beard and the shave it was like a need, something that I needed. I had very terrible cuticles because I prefer not to wear gloves. And as a flower farmer, Mm -hmm. it's different than my husband's family. If if they're a large crop farming, you're in, you know, if you're in the combine, but, you know, if you're a flower farmer, nothing is mechanized. I mean, there's no telling Mm -hmm. how how many clips I make in a year. And digging in the dirt, you know, we were planting some things. I just don't like to wear gloves. So I, of course, wanted something. My cuticles and my nails are horrible. You know, my back hurt. So you come up with a soaking, uh, a bath soak so you can, you know, it was to help myself. So, and it just turns out, luckily, most of the things that I have needed, other people needed. So you don't want to rush anything to market because I tell people, and this is really with anyone, if you're a farmer, if you're a business Bringing a product, you get one first impression, and you want to have the best product out there because they're not going to try it again if they don't care for it the first time. I mean, they're just not. Uh That's like the biggest thing that I tell our employees is, you know, someone wanted to know, why does the label have to be just like this? And I'm like, because we get one impression. It has to Uh be, you know, I'm OCD on labeling, on like the straightness of a label, you know what I'm saying? Like just little things like that, that the bouquets go out a certain way, that we have procedures in place. So, you don't get many second chances in business and um i think anybody out there that's what you have to ask yourself I, you know this is our first impression how are we going to make it the best it can be
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um let's talk what is your best seller in that line it's
1: definitely the shea cream our shea cream it's a just shea butter coconut oil and there's an unscented a lot of people like and then there's some that have essential oils a few of the fragrance, but that's definitely the workhorse of our line. So that's the thing that as soon as somebody runs out, they immediately reorder because it's in their daily skincare routine and it's it's very (laughs) light. There's no water, there's no preservatives. So it's a hundred percent. The shea cream is our number one. Yeah.
0: Uh, Now with that line, because I'm assuming that line is different, a little bit of a different avatar than let's say someone coming out to do the flowers. So how have you crafted the aesthetic around that?
1: Well, it's interesting because if you look at our avatar, if you look at our farm avatar, Mm dead on. we know exactly it's somebody between like 35 to 50. Um, They're into gardening, um, they're outdoors. You know, you have that avatar and you have some overlap. But for us, the email list is the most important thing of how we reach people. Because Mm -hmm. I tell everyone, if you're depending on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, it's no different than if I am leasing the land. They can take that uh-huh, away in any uh-huh. second. It could go. To, we could wake up tomorrow and it's all gone. I mean, it's disappeared. Uh-huh. You have to have an email list. I cannot stress to anyone who's doing any type of agritourism, anything, you need to be building an email list. I don't care what it takes. If you have to go find the 16-year-old who can help you build a website, you have to have an email list. Because that's the way, like with this uh, fall showcase we're having, a lot of people now are on social media and, and we, they don't, we wouldn't know about the showcase. So, but they're going to know about it through the email. And, you know, we have uh-huh. analytics to know how, who's opened the email, who hasn't opened the email. Do we need to resend the email? Um, and they can easily ask. We do not send, I don't know about you. You may have, I have an email for my work and I have a personal email. I have like 500 emails a day and they're pretty much junk. Uh-huh. We send maybe... Six emails a year. I mean, if we send you an really? email, oh yeah. If we send you an email, there's an event, there's a sale, the lambs are here. We're not going to inundate you because now, to me, you know, I'm more likely to open snail mail than I am because I, I'm just so many junk emails. You know, I just I look and I'm like, yeah. Oh, now I have two thousand emails, so I tell people when they sign up for the email list, they'll go, uh, oh, Usually our workshops sell out in maybe 24 hours. And they say, how do I get on there? I said, get on the email list. Well, what if I get a lot of emails? I'm like, if you get a lot of emails, I have been kidnapped because you're not, I don't have time to Mm -hmm. send you an email every day. You're going to, and I think people appreciate that because they know if we send you something, we're probably, there's something important happening. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. we're doing something. So I, I think you know, I had a company keeps asking me, and oh, we want you to send text messages. You want you to send text messages. I'm not sending text messages. I don't like when people get my text messages and send me text messages. I'm going to continue mm. with building an audience who has a reason to follow us and knows that if they receive communication from me, it is important.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they want to make sure they're they're opening that email as soon as they can.
1: Oh, yeah, because, um, you know, the workshops are set and I can't add any more workshops because of the flower. You know, we balance out for subscriptions to pressing to dried because we make these botanical wax sachets with your prior number two seller. Well, the dried uh-huh. flowers have to go into those wax sachets. I know how many uh-huh. thousand of those we have to produce a year. So it has to go here. I know I need the dried bouquets for like these pop ups. I know how much I need to have in press. I mean, there's only so many flowers I have that I can host so many workshops. So they sort of know, hey. And I only do like 16 people. I mean, 16 is the magic number for it to feel intimate and people to really learn. I don't want people, I know we have open farm days and a lot of people come and they walk around, but if you're coming to learn from me, I rarely will go over 20 people. And that's really like if somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, I had someone who had to have vasectomy and they were going to miss their spot so I you know I told them I'm going to move you all together I'll let everybody know and everybody was fine with that but if you are going yeah. invest, if you're going to invest your money with me I'm going to invest my time with you because
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're coming here for an experience and to learn something and so I'm very much when we do events I don't feel like people feel like I'm just here to just get as many people in as I can those are for the days when it's yeah. free and anyone can come and they can walk and see the animals and And, you know, I was nervous when we had so many people who wanted to come in May, but everyone was so gracious because, you know, I want everyone who, you know, there are kids out there who have never seen a farm animal. I mean, believe, I mean, I know it's hard for you to believe and it's hard for me to believe, but there are people who've never touched a baby lamb, who've never seen an egg in a coop. And I want there to be days where I can offer that for free. And I feel like if you're giving back something like that, you're going to receive tenfold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: all right so you've got the, the the online sales there and your website is that a
1: wordpress-based website okay i have to tell you i have no idea because of my husband knows <laughs> <it>. <laughs> okay like, here's what um, they, i tell the office when they ask me something i go that is not my department i just know it's run through shopify that's all that i know and it's everything there so i have no that's the one thing i do not know yeah i'm probably any okay other
0: So it is Shopify. All right, then that makes sense. Yeah, because I'm looking through here and you got some great features like they can... Uh, filter the price. They can, you know, do by like how people think like it. Like the, the, the anyway. So, yeah, really nice website. And I can see why it, it works really well for you guys. Um, talk to me a little bit about the on farm events because you just, we, we talked a little bit about that here, the sizing you go for. You also try to have like a time when anyone can come onto the farm. Um, first, you know, what started the events?
1: Well, I, you know, the first events I did 10 years ago was people were, I mean, you would think, a lot of people feel like you could they could get to the moon before they could grow a vegetable. And I am not kidding you. Uh They are scared. They don't know. I grew up my dad was a botanist. My grandparents saved saved seeds. I mean, that was just a way of life, you know, and I, I probably didn't appreciate it as much as I am. I do now, but people are hungry for eating healthier prices, as you know, are sky high. Every time I go to the grocery store, you know, I was trying to encourage someone like, one of the girls who works for me, her for her birthday, I bought her like Brussels sprouts <laughs> plants. I mean, every fall vegetable that you could, because this doesn't get that cold here. You could plant here. I'm trying to encourage people, you know, to grow your own food even in the in the winter here. But um, I just had a people say, well, hey, can you teach me how to do this? And so I thought, you know, this is something I know how to do. Let's just bring people. And really, that's a great For me, the workshops, I love, it's the favorite, my favorite thing that I do. We used to do a lot of wreath making workshops, but now we, it's hard because it falls at holiday and we're just, we need all hands on deck. So we do more of the flowers, but it's a way to get people there. And like I was saying, feel intimate and it's a great revenue stream and flower farming. And I'm sure, you know, I've only vegetable and flower, but, you know, I have to pay sometimes, you know, three or $4,000 for something I'm not going to get for seven months because you have to order so far mm. in advance. And really, I kind of look at those bouquet subscriptions and the, and the um, workshops is a way for me to pay for that. You know what I'm saying? because mm-hmm. I, I, it's counted yeah. on re, it's counted revenue. And, and it's another thing I talk with my kids, you know on cash, cash management. I know in my mind, and I've done this long enough. I know it's, I feel badly when someone's new starting. I pretty much know what the expenses are going to be. I mean, in uh-huh. flower farming, you just know. I mean, it's going up right now. I'm kind of, you know, in the last year, you've I've seen a lot of increases, but I know what it's going to be. So I it's just a way for me to have people and have them them have make a great memory, but also it's a wonderful way for me to pay for the things and the inputs I have to have to make the rest you know the year run if that makes sense yeah because typically what yeah, we're right. gonna do the bouquet subscriptions are going to go on sale like friday um i'm gonna have that so you know done by christmas then you know i'm having to order then for the things i need for the summer and then the workshops that's about the time that i'm ordering like you know the tulips the ranunculus the, anem- I mean, the anemones those are not low dollar ticket items So it's a great way for me to not, you know, I don't like, if I can't pay for it, I don't like to buy it. I mean, that's just the way we are. Um, But that's just a great way. And anyone out there, if you have some type of way to have workshops, and I know I tell people, everyone's like, I just can't do it. My farm is a mess. And I'm like, listen, what you see other people are now are not going to see because we're looking at it with the most critical eye. You know, like I don't like to have one weed anywhere. I mean, I'm, I'm OCD uh-huh. about that. But I said a lot of people, they don't have flowers. They don't have a farm. They don't have farm animals. They're not going to see what you're seeing. And you just have to take a leap of faith and start, I always say, start small. Don't say I'm going to have 50 people. You know, maybe you start with five or six people and do something, you know, uh-huh. small, but it is a great way just for you to pay for, you know, like with the chicken, how to raise backyard chickens, I basically saved that money to pay for the chicken feed for the year. I mean, wow. it, it was just a way for me to know I have, there are some expenses that are gonna be set. How am I gonna cover those? Because really, you know, they're coming, but you don't have the stream to hit it at that time. It's just, yeah. how, how we have to buy so much ahead. I mean, I, I tell people, if you're not thinking six months to a year ahead of flower farming, you're not gonna be successful because yeah because it, it it's too late you know someone said oh i can't get the ranunculus i want i'm like those should have been ordered last february <laughs>
0: like,
1: yes you know,
0: yeah yeah
1: you just can't how, can't not be ahead of the game
0: how big is your flower production
1: uh we're on about an acre and everyone asks would you want more land i'm like absolutely not because i have to have more yeah. and i can do everything i need to do that I want to do, you know, and of course, if I had a dream, mm-hmm. i might like to have an acre and have, you know, all peonies, but, you know, I don't, have yes. that. I don't have that because that's a, you know, easy, I call it a bookend crop, you know, it's early in the spring, the hot summer, you know, is the hardest, but that's, you know, I need the summer because that's when I have people out when so it's the most beautiful for me. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the flower section is on about an acre, but we flip it, but like we're constantly flipping. So okay. like we just, okay. some sections may be planted three times. Like we just pulled everything, all of our spring is in except for uh, the anemones, ranunculus are pre-sprouting in our cooler. The uh, tulips have been back, they're still not here. They're supposed to have been here like two weeks ago. Those will go in December. And then the front's front's cover cropped. And then, you know, we'll be flipped, several of those rows are going to be flipped depending on days to harvest. So when you say it's an acre, it's really a lot. I mean, if one plant of everything is 14 to 15,000, probably it's probably more than that now because I have so many perennial beds i put in. Um, You know, you're constantly, it's not just a row crop where I just put a bunch of corn and then we just go harvest it. I mean, we're constantly, it's a totally different animal. When people come here and they start working with us, have somebody who's done landscape for years and they're like, this is so different. I mean, you just, but you have to be thinking ahead too. I already know what's going to go where. You know uh, we're trying a new cover crop this year too which i'm interested to, about it's the uh we have heavy clay here and i've amended and i've amended and i've amended and there's one bed that i just it's never what i want so we're getting oil seed radishes this year you know trying yep. really, to try really aerate it we've never done that before typically it's prince and clover it's just it works for us Yeah. and everywhere but the spot and finally i was like let's just try this so my fingers are crossed and it works. I mean, it, it works I mean, it's yeah. not like the, the the sections of loss, but it could be a higher yield. I mean, I know when you compare mm-hmm. what everything else we what yield we can get. This should be a higher yield. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so the the are you thinking the problem is compaction or what specifically you're trying um, to use the well seed rather score? Is there's it two uh,
1: things. compaction is one, but between you and me and the listeners, I think there's a natural spring under here.
0: Mm, so it's just wet all the time.
1: Yes. I mean, there is yeah. no way. And, you know, I've heard because where we live, you know, our house is 1826. Where we live, yeah. there's lots of places where I know we brought our sheep in. We had to fill in a well at one section. And, you know, this is like, I'm like, how could we have to literally the irrigation zip tie it from half the field to block it? Or, you know, pretty much because we'd already had yeah. to down. So this year we're going to, of course, just, and, and it rained literally this summer, like four inches and it's still raining. Yeah. So to open the bigger can of worms, I think there's a natural spring under there because
2: yeah. Well, that's not, a, it
1: could be, but it could be that I'd have a well. But then it would re, you know, I have to balance out. Let's try this as my last ditch. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And I'm wondering if there's so, a spring under it.
0: So that's actually another opportunity for income because now you just dig that one out and then you bottle all the water and sell the water too.
1: Hey, let me tell you, after we had to irrigate almost every day of the summer, it would be a blessing a- a- other than yeah, yeah. the well, but it was such a, the drought here. Although yeah. I will say my dad's a botanist. He came out maybe, he doesn't live here maybe six weeks ago, eight weeks ago. Okay. He was like, my zinnias were literally over six feet tall. They, the Benares yeah gorgeous. Didn't have one bit of powdery mildew. nothing. I didn't have to do anything this whole season, you know.
2: Mm. As beautiful
1: they've ever been. Now, given I had to irrigate, but the flowers this year, the best we've ever had in 10 years. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's rain really does hurt crops. And if you can, you know, if you can have a dry season, but if you can irrigate, that is, that's what my mentor always told me. said like, look, I put in irrigation so I can be very productive in the drought when no one else has crops, so I can sell a lot more. So you know that always made sense to me, and so we won't open anything else up until we have the irrigation. Oh, but you have, you
1: have to have that yeah. irrigation. You tell people that our yes,
0: our pH though is seven four on the water, and it has high calcium. So we are actually pushing our pH up every single time we irrigate. So we're actually having to look at trying to bring that down with like a basically injecting acid into our system. Mm. So. Yeah. Tell me about these flower. Um, so I'm on your Instagram, which I highly encourage folks to go look at that. Cause it's, you guys do a fabulous job there with education and just some really cool photos. And uh, I can see why you have 35,000 followers. You have these, like they've pressed flowers and then they have like a, a clear between them. Is that like a epoxy uh, it, or? Yeah, it's an epoxy
1: resin. And so I've always, um, like I said, I'm always thinking of what can I do next? Uh, you uh-huh. know, If I just did one thing, I mean, I, I like to be good. At, if I'm going to do it, I want to be the best at it. That's just my, the uh-huh. way I've been raised. That's the way I am. And I said, okay, we need another avenue of uh, revenue. You know, we have so many flowers. We're very good at drying flowers. I mean, I'm not uh-huh. to toot my own horn, but I have worked on this for years. I have a drying room. I've dried for years. And I was like, we need to be able to press you know my dad had I have his press from like the 1960s from he graduated from, from Purdue I mean literally I have some of the uh, dryers in it they have handwritten from like samples that he did is that air quality oh, wow. like I have yeah. the, and it's better than anyone that I've purchased either uh, but um you know I was trying to find a way I had some people asking me to preserve their wedding bouquets Mm. So I said, okay, let's figure out how to do this. It's one of the hardest things out of all the things we've ever done. This is the hardest thing that I've done is because the, you, you have to take a lot of precautions while you're pouring the resin. Number one, you know, I see it yesterday. I had to run to hobby lobby and I see it there. I'm like, do people know this is, you know, you need to, you know, it's a chemical when you're pouring it. So, um, you know, you need to wear personal protection equipment and, uh, and it, it just reacts differently like we had a problem when we first started pouring and learning how to do it our humidity went up well then we were getting like I'd say kind of a frosting in it so we had to get another <clears> humidifier you know it temperature changes a lot but it's uh the resin we used is beautiful it's just beautiful I tried a, a million kinds and I tried to get one that I felt like worked best for our climate too and I know that sounds crazy but it has a lot to do with your climate it takes a long time as far as you have to pull, pour multiple layers. You have to, you know, it, when you pour a piece, you've got to wait for at least an hour to make sure you're getting the air bubbles because flowers mm. hold the bubbles. And you know, that goes into my, yeah. oc, not wanting anything that doesn't have a bubble and it is very hard. So, but it's a great way to, like I've done funerals um, We're meeting somebody Saturday, they're bringing their wedding flowers and we press a lot of our, flowers. I mean, we press a huge percentage, you know, tell me how many, how many thousands we have we've pressed and it's just a great unique gift to have as a charcuterie or we do like little display pieces coasters ornaments i think we took it was really sweet the um first funeral we did the mom had battled breast cancer for years and passed away and the grandkids selected all their favorite flowers from the funeral and brought them, mm. to them. and we pressed uh-huh. them and then we made each child it looks like a coaster but we did an ornament for them and then we did the, the sister wanted a platter, you know, the mom, the the daughter, so it was really special. So it's a great way to. I mean, I prefer. I'm very nervous when someone brings me their flowers because I know how our flowers react because we've pressed mm-hmm. them. And if our flower doesn't do what we want, guess what? We just go cut another one. But if you're bringing mm-hmm. the flowers yeah. from your funeral, yeah, panel, yeah, a, I know. Mean, we poured that when we were all like, okay, we're feeling very nervous today because this is is a lot of sentimental value to it. So. But it was another way. And I'm, I like doing things that are artistic. And it's it, I tried anything that I bring to market, I tried to see is this, is it untapped? And is this something I think people will be drawn to? So mm-hmm. that's really how I kind of got in that. And it's just, I feel like we do the the drying well, you know, what's a way that we can bring that product to people. And it's beautiful because it's everlasting too. I mean, of course it's not gonna last uh-huh. 30 years, but if you you know, don't put it in direct sunlight and you take care of it, it's gonna last a really long time and it's just so unique and beautiful. So that's been extremely popular. We really went live with that. I think, you know, we've been working with it a very long time and we went live with it maybe in June, I think, or so. And so basically we're working off pre-orders right now. So because uh-huh. it does take uh-huh. so long to produce one piece, I mean, it's probably just, the the pouring is about 11 days by the time we cure the layers. Yeah. It's pretty, you know, it's, and then how many layers are there? Depends on the mold, how thick it is, but it's like for us. And then once it's done, you know, we need to, the edges need to be softened Then we need to polish it. So, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, there's a lot of steps to it. Um, I probably honestly don't charge enough. You know, we were talking about that last week, but I just yeah. love it so much. Um, and the resin's yeah. very uh, epoxy resin is very expensive. It's like a, almost a hundred dollars a gallon. So, so I'm
0: on your website here, and you've got Resin Art by 1818 Farms. That's the product that I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. Mm Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you got it listed. Like some of them are like one thirty. You've got some one thirty-five. And then it goes
1: down to a coaster is like twenty-four dollars, or a set is like four for something. Because we want people to be able to buy. And then we're we haven't. This isn't on our site, but we'll have this at our showcase next week. We're we're doing pressed flower jewelry, and so I found a company in the United States who makes their own findings because I'm very particular, and so we're we're doing our collection is in the indigo collection and i think there might well, be a picture wow. maybe in the story from a day or two ago on instagram about the showcase oh, okay like I think I a picture of the of the the indigo ring i mean you say indigo people think oh blue but it, it makes a beautiful pink flower and it's pressed in this ring yeah so a picture of a bunch of girls standing there and all the products at the front and then it's like well, a story
0: I think. yeah but i'm looking um, at a story now now so we'll see what it shows up
1: (laughs) but that's um that's something new because i'm trying to find a price point where i don't have to use so much resin you know that's what's the issue is is the resin is the i mean not that my time's not valuable but if the uh, gallon of resin is a hundred dollars you know which you know we some of those trays of course don't take a gallon but when we have like a we have a beautiful like tray like a a kitchen uh like a little stand a tray thing and that, that takes over a gallon of resin like it's a, uh, there's a picture of wow. that so yeah i mean that's gonna have to be you know almost a 300 piece because it takes over oh like absolutely a, because and it takes a yeah. lot of time so many pours but yeah it's really good and i think that now that's one thing i've had a lot of people say can you teach me that and i'm like i cannot because it it takes so many days and there's so much you know you wear the safety equipment and that kind of thing yeah but, but we do the and that was a way to tie in. We were going to be launching our new scarf line. The, I've been studying eco printing. I started studying eco printing during the pandemic and natural dyeing. Mm. That was my, that was what yeah. I did. You know what other people did? Think well, I was working too because we never you know shut down. But <laughs> when I didn't, yes. you know, yeah yeah you know, when I couldn't go anywhere, I was like, I'm going to learn to be a natural dyer. So um, i have really gotten into yeah. eco printing. Yeah. And so that will be that's like magic. Or actually, my employees say, "Are we doing voodoo today?" Because you never know what you're getting. Like you do it and you. Yeah. Feel like you can lay three scars out the leaves from the same tree and you do it and it looks nothing alike. So, but that's science, you know, that's, you're dealing with science mm-hmm. and nature, but that'll be launched this week too at the showcase. So, but that's, in a, you know, and those are all different customers, I think. I try to bring out <laughs> products that are going to reach a different type of customer. Like scarves, scarf's not yeah. everybody, but the resin's not everybody. And then we're doing the pressed, um, like just floral wall art too. Like we were, that's what we were working on yeah. today. So, yeah. But yeah, so we do, a lot, we do a lot of things. Like tomorrow, we're just going to be tying these scarf tags on all day. That's what we're going to do the whole day because I haven't, yes. haven't okay. one tag yet. So, yeah.
0: Joining me is Sash from Harvest Hosts, where they connect over 225,000 self-contained RVers to small businesses such as farms just like yours. Sash, talk to me about how easy it is to become a Harvest Host host.
3: Yeah, so it's very easy. We don't require a whole lot for our farms or any of our hosts. So all you need as a farm is a place to park an RVer, just one RVer for one night. So that can be out in your fields. It can be a gravel lot. It can be a paved parking lot, whatever space you have available. Then we also ask that you have something to sell. So this could be products from your farm. It can be a tour or some type of experience. Anything that you have to sell, that's where our members are going to be able to give back and you'll see revenue coming in from our members that way. And the last thing that we need is a basic internet connection. So, our platform is all run through an app and online through a web browser, just like Airbnb, where you can go in and see a calendar, see a profile. Our hosts all have that within our platform. So, you'll be able to go online, check who's staying the night, check your calendar availability, and update your host profile.
0: Very cool. And what's the sign up process if they want to get started?
3: Yeah, it's very simple as well. So, we have an account executive team here who would be happy to walk you through an application. It's only about a five to 10 minute uh, process where you just give us some simple information like where you're located, your hours of operation, and uh, a little bit more about your business. And then, as of uh, after the application is submitted, one of our host onboarding team members will reach out and make sure that your profile is all set up and that you're ready to go because you'll go live right after that and start hosting our beers uh, from there on out.
0: Very cool. Tell us a little bit about a few of the types of farms you have working with Harvest Hosts.
3: Yeah, so we've got all kinds of farms on the platform. We work with over 1,400 different small farms across the U.S. and Canada. Um, Some of them include lavender farms or different orchards, um, alpaca farms. So all these farms, they differ in what they offer for our members to park. You can have just your field. Sometimes people will put in a concrete pad or they'll have extra space in their parking lot. Whatever it is, we don't ask you to go um, install anything or do anything, but just a place to park the RV or as simple as your field is great.
0: Awesome. Harvest Host connects over 225,000 self-contained RVers to a network of thousands of small businesses, hosts. Hosts simply offer RVers a one night stay on their property. And in return, RVers patronize the business while spending the night. Visit www.harvesthosts.com forward slash hosts to learn more and become a host. But to do this, you have to have a team And a massive energy behind you. So talk to me about how you found those awesome people that can take what you do and just run with it.
1: Let me tell you, I get on my knees every day and thank God for my team because... And of course, I've had people who don't work out. I'm not going to say you don't, but I have the best team ever who would do anything for me. Anything for me. Mm. We have full-time, we have part-time. We have, you know, some people might be only, you know, six hours, but they've been with us forever. And I just Mm -hmm. think they... They love what they do. It's finding people who, like I said with my kids, you got to find people who love what they do and they're going to be happy and they are excited. Like they're so excited today. They're like, Are we coming to sell this? Are you coming to the office? Because the office is in Huntsville. And we're going to sell the tags. I said, No, we're going to do Thursday because we had two yeah. things here. Uh, you know, they have anyone with what we do is so fast paced. Even at the office, you know, when you're shipping out so many packages, you for the farm is the heart. well, both are hard. I shouldn't say that. For the farm, I always bring people out and I have a working interview with them because mm-hmm. I tell them from the beginning, this is not what you see on Instagram. I mean, I try yeah. to say that you see on oh, Instagram. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful, but you don't see me like, <laughs> look like I have not had a shower for three days because I've been out there working in the 100 degree heat. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, we're not, okay. We're not in air condition. You know, we're out all day. Ten or twelve hours a day. I mean, so you know, and it's not for everybody. And I tell them, you know, it's not going to hurt my feelings, but you need to know it's hot, it's sweaty, there are bugs, uh-huh. and this is hard work. But you have to love it. And I've been fortunate that the people I have with me have, you know, been with me for quite a while and are so dependable, and they happen to love it too. But you got to find the right person because it has to be a match. I know it has to be a match in every job, but it's really got to be a match in a farm. I mean, it has uh-huh. to. I
0: mean, yeah. So, all right. So you do the working interview. Do you just put out there to, how do you get the candidates in? Do you just post online that you're hiring? Yeah, do you use specific
1: I, sites? Yeah, post online. Usually I do like a Facebook story or this last year I sent an email, just to all of our email list said, hey, we're going to be hiring. Do you know anybody who's interested? Because, you know, uh-huh. now some people are off social media. So, and, you know, we, we try and pay a lot of times more than we probably can afford, but, you know, it's hard work what we do. I tell people it does not, this is not, you know, sitting in the air condition. And even at the office, you know, we try to reward if we have very good seasons, we're going to give really good bonuses because they've worked hard to get us where we are. You know, everybody knows us work hard, but we're going to treat our employees really well. Um,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And we're flexible too. I mean, I'm very flexible if they need, you know kids sick or if they need, I mean, I'm a mom too. I know how that works. If they have need to go to uh-huh. a program, they need a doctor's appointment. I'm not that I'm like, all you need to do is get your job done. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I'm not the person that says, you know, we may be here 13 hours today or guess what? We may be done in eight. I mean, they just know, I just want us to get what we have to have done. And I'm not going to ask anything that's within, you know, I try and ask myself, okay, is this an imminent need? You know, uh-huh. is this going to really matter tomorrow that we didn't finish it today? And some days like this week when we were trying to get the cover crop in. And the rain was coming. Guess mm-hmm. what? It It had to be done because we mm-hmm. have had raining forever. So I try to ask us, and they know that within that I'm going to always be within reason. And I don't ever, you know, when I go to the office at Christmas, I could sit in the office and check email all day. But I'm in shipping because I think that you need to be doing those jobs because then it keeps your mind on. You need, as the owner of the company, you need to be doing everything that every other person is doing. If it's putting a label on or a tag or I try and float myself around because sometimes I think you tend to forget.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Sometimes the little jobs aren't that easy.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I try and really float around. Uh, I know last year our girl who makes most of the botanical wax sachets, she's like, I gotta have help. So here I was sitting there, you know, putting a grommet on and putting a tying of sheep's yarn through it. And, you know, I was doing that. So I'm going to do a holiday, especially whatever we need, if I need to make a box, you know, yeah, but I think that also keeps you aware of what's happening in the business. I think in any business, you. To be a leader, you need to be. You can't just say, oh, I'm a leader. I'm flying, you know, in the airplane, the helicopter and still not get down the trenches and day to day know what's happening. I don't think you're going to be successful.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Share a little bit about. um your flower truck? Cause I know that's something that's uh, on your Instagram and, and you've spoken about before kind of what, what came with the idea of that?
1: Well, that really came with a lot of people were wanting flowers and pandemic really hurt the flower truck. Cause you know, most places we, we, well, we, we didn't, we had, were lower employees, busier at the corporate office than we'd ever been just like, you know, people, because people were shopping from home. And uh-huh. so now we're doing it mainly for special events, for pop-ups. But it's a really a great way that you can get in the community and people love coming to make their picture of the truck, build their bouquets. And so what we typically do for us, like I had an email today and maybe it was like the UAH in Huntsville. Um, they are having something in February. So a lot of times it might be for a special event like that or what we try to do is stores, local stores who carry our products, the Bath and Body line. we try to partner with them to really create a synergy to get people into their store, so we can say, okay, hey, we have mm-hmm. ridiculous bundles. We're going to be at sweet Pineapple, and Huntsville. You know, you can pre-order and pick it up, or you can just you know come and we'll go there. So we try to really work with those accounts who you know are key accounts in the area, and that works out great. Um, we found, I found, you know, it can be hard on the flowers in the summer. And so we've found more now Well, we, it, it, we ran it, we used to run it all the time, like four, time, four or five times a week. But now we found we just are doing more pop-ups to know and we try and limit those summer hours cause it is so very hard on the flowers here. And then that, but what happened is the way, you know, we were running the flower trucks we weren't doing subscriptions. So in pandemic mm-hmm. we had to switch to contactless delivery because we had all these flowers. I mean, we had the most beautiful flowers, um, spring flowers, I know I was saying our, this year our summer where that spring amazing I had an event for 500 bouquets, like that three or four day when they shut everything down
2: wow. so
1: I was like panicking I'm like do you know our cooler was full we had invested in all these different anemones ranunculus we had all the tools where you kept them on the bulb they were dry bulb they were dry stored and so <laughs> we just sent an email out and we delivered flowers for that we got rid of every stem that we had And I was like, okay, Mm. I think that's how we pivoted into subscriptions. And so now, yeah, now that is another thing. It's really hard for us to run the flower truck when we're sending out so many pre-made bouquets. And then also going back to where a week in a flower truck, I could make two thousand dollars. I could make two hundred dollars. But if I have those subscriptions, I already have the money, and you know the the money that I need to pay for everything. I have those in November, December. So just mm-hmm. as much as I love the flower truck, it's a smarter way for me to do business as pop-ups or rentals.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously the subscription where you know exactly what you're selling every week is way better for your business overall.
1: Oh yeah. And we know exactly, you know, and every year we add more subscriptions, you know, we cut off and then we'll be like, they'll get two or three out. Like, we can't do it. And then we add more. So every year we've added more and you just know, you know, we can knock out those just about, takes us about a week to do the full the full uh areas but we have them routed so well and of course we're like if somebody we deliver them so some people where we are if we want a successful subscription business and this is where you have to really react to what's going to work for your business people say oh you have to pay gas and a driver i'm like well do i want to sell subscriptions or do i not want to sell subscriptions Mm because we're not going to sell this many subscriptions a season and everybody have to drive to morrisville to get them That's just, people are busy. I wouldn't want to do that. So we just try to strategically route where those deliveries are going to be within the zip code. And, you know, we have it routed. I mean, we text them the day before. If they're out of town, we'll bump them and do a different day because we're always in and out, you know, around. I mean, it's not like we're going to say you can't have your subscription. Um, And Mm -hmm. people love the subscriptions, love them because we've arranged them. They're in a glass vase, you know, can give us the vase back. So, I mean, they're nice, really nice bouquets. So we love, love, love the subscriptions so that's the one good thing that came out of pandemic was subscriptions
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what would you say for someone who's starting to think about let's say you know doing something a little more value added and just growing like flowers or just you know raising sheep what would you say to them who's trying to get started in this
1: don't be scared research see what's happening in your area I would always start you know think about timing if you're, a she- if you're a sheep and you're starting a way to bring people to see something they've never seen before. Not a lot of people walked through a flower field. Not a lot of people seen a sheep be shorn, you know, offer something that gets people out there. And, and when you provide a great experience, it's word of mouth. I mean, that's how I really feel like the beginning for us was word of mouth. And of course we did, I mean, we did the farmer's markets that how it started, then we did field trips for years. We did like five field trips, uh, well, we did Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday field trips. And then maybe one day on the weekend, we didn't do Wednesdays, but you know, it, you have to start small and get people out if you're going to start and you have to be the cheerleader of your business and people want to see your face. Like I have to, of course, make myself get ready to take a picture. Cause I don't want to look, you know, I do want to look it's a little bit decent for uh, there, but people want to see the face of the business because I think they connect more with that. So don't be afraid to put yourself out there. I know it's scary. And also I think here's the biggest thing I hear from people. They'll say, oh, I've been doing this or I'm gonna do it and I'm just not being successful. I'm like, listen, my success didn't happen in one year. This is 10 years of working hard and you, you can't expect immediate results. And I think that's one of the hardest things for people. You know, When we started subscription years ago, I had two subscriptions, two. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it takes, yeah. and of course, a lot of those too. Guess what? I still have those. I mean, mm-hmm. you cannot expect, and I think that's the kind of the way our society is now is people expect immediate results and immediate success. You have to, you know, keep your eye on the prize is what I always tell my kids and keep, you know, having a having goals and trying to find ways to achieve them. But, you know, don't be disappointed just because, you know, you don't sell out. I remember our first farm-to-table dinner, we couldn't. We didn't even sell it out. I mean, 10, 8, 9 years ago. And then they would sell out in like 24 hours every dinner we did. So mm-hmm. it, it, But that doesn't happen in year one. It's just not going to. It's The word of mouth of you providing a great experience is what's going to get your customers there. And you have to have a website and you have to have social media. And you have to have an email list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at me. All the things yeah. you have to have. All yeah. the people say, yeah. I do not want to do social media. Well, you've got to do it. I'm sorry, you, in this world, you got to do it. I'm still I'm on the fence. Like, I'm like, oh, do I want to do TikTok? My husband's doing the TikTok. Cause I do everything else. I'm like, I can't do one more thing, but I'm seeing, I've got to do TikTok. I just need to yeah. get focus. And guess what? We did launch a YouTube channel during the pandemic. That was another thing. And we, we just put a new video up uh, a couple of weeks ago on the lufus Cause I grew lupus this year for the first time and loved it. And yeah. I've been really bad about Someone messaged me on YouTube, "Are you okay?" because we haven't seen a video for you in months. I said, "No, I've just been busy." I was like, "Because it takes a long time. As you know, as a podcast, these just don't jump in magically and you know, you have to edit it. There's a lot of work, the research before, there's a lot that goes into it. So the YouTube to make a a video that is what I feel like people need to see you know, I just don't want to put a video up to put a video. So I need to do, mm-hmm. I'm going to do, that's one of my goals is to do better, you know, with that. Cause everyone was so excited when I did the loop of video. So, but yeah, I just, I don't know. You just have to really offer those great experiences for people and know you're going to get there. Just, you just can't give up. And like I said, you got to have those things I told you.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How do you uh, focus on building your email list?
1: We build, well, when we started at Farmer's Market, we said people write them down, which isn't the greatest because you know a lot of people, you can't read the writing or they don't know that they put the wrong email list, um, email down, mm-hmm. but it is based through our purchases on Shopify. Okay. You can opt in or like about every six months, I'll put a post, hey, if you want to know about the happenings, sign up for the email list. Like, you know, want to know, be the first to know. Because what we do is we send an email to our email list we wait seven days in any event, then we announce it to the public because mm-hmm. we, call it the pri- mm-hmm. we call it our priority contact is basically, I would say yeah, yeah. our priority contact because if they're willing to trust me to give their email, they should have the first, I feel like they should have the first um, choice of coming to a workshop or event or knowing about the sale. I mean, I'm not going to not tell people about the sale, but you know what I'm saying? They're trusting me not to abuse that. Um I'm going to let them do that. So a lot of people come on, like they'll say, how am I going to know? And I'll be like, oh, just go sign up on the email. Then I have to, you know, then I have to look and be like, how do they do that again? I got to look on my phone. Where do they go? I think you just scroll to the bottom. And, um, but yeah, the email, I mean, I would say if you're in a farmer's market, you know, start that way, but you typically should have an opt-in option. You know, they can opt out too, if they want to receive uh, emails or promotions from us. So, Mm -hmm. But yeah, that definitely even if you have to take it down in a notebook, you've got to have the emails.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. We tried to do like a QR code at our, our shop and we found that no one would do that, but they all wanted to put their information on piece of paper. Um, so we're trying to read that. But what we did end up doing is adding a phone number, and then we would either text them to confirm that the email is correct or we take the email to best of our ability, run it through a spam checker and it will actually give us a call back and say if it actually is a real email. So if we're like not sure on one letter or two letters, we just like, Oh, let's try it this way. Um, but when you just have one person that adds those and it's, it's a pain, but again, that email list is gold.
1: So you believe in the email list too, then?
0: Oh gosh. Yes. I mean, for our online business, we have over a hundred thousand contacts between everything. Um, for our our farm, we're, we're way lower than that. We're only at a couple thousand, but um yeah, we try to build it every time we can. So
1: yeah, it really is because like I said, we can all wake up tomorrow and all the social social media could be gone. I mean, I don't think it's going to, but that's yeah. what I try to tell people. Yeah. I mean or you, you can just be kicked at, off. Oh, exactly. And I said you can at least yeah. have their email. I mean I mean, hopefully something happened on social media and they really wanted to know, they'd go to our website and they'd be like, where are, you know, you you know, when people are worried on YouTube that um, something's wrong with me, you know, because I haven't put a video out. But I do think that you've got to invest in the email list for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. Well, we really appreciate you coming on and sharing. There's been a wealth of information that's fascinating, all the things that you keep busy with. Do you drink coffee or not? It sounds like you're always on coffee, but <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, okay. Here's what's funny is that like you usually have one cup of coffee in the morning, and then yesterday we had a cup. We had tea at lunch, which I never have. We drink water. I drink like yep. eighty ounces of water a day. And then, yep. drink, Okay, yeah. I don't know if you have a restaurant called Chick Fil A. Do you have a Chick Fil A? Uh, uh,
0: we know what they are.
1: <laughs> okay, well, my the girl yes. who worked, said you've got to try this frosted coffee. My husband told me about it, and I said, "Are you kidding me? I'll be." I said, "Okay, let's do yep. it." Yeah. of course we both drank it 12 30 last night i could have just oh no <laughs> everything. oh yeah i told her i said i was up at six o'clock this morning and i'm still rested and she was laughing today at me i said i am never gonna let you tell me to get a, one of those frosty coffee i said it was delicious but i said i needed yeah. that yeah. yesterday at 7 a.m not at 3 p.m yes yeah. yeah no
0: i drink one cup of coffee a day and then just a bunch of cups of water but um yeah, no, just you have boundless energy and just all the things that you keep up with. I'm just like, whoo, makes me tired.
1: <laughs> well, one one, one so. night I asked my husband at dinner, I said, hey, get, Cindy is the lady who we work, work mainly at the farm. I said, guess what Cindy and I did today at the farm? He goes, I do not even know where to what to guess. He goes, I have no idea where, what happened. I said, well, yeah, okay, I'll tell you what we did because it was something different. But yeah, we both are, and everyone who works with us they have, has a lot of energy, but um, I think everybody's just excited about what they do and they're happy. I think that's the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You're going to be like that if you're happy with your job. So mm-hmm. hopefully mm-hmm. all the Absolutely. listeners can find something you love to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Appreciate your time you. and can't wait to share this with our audience.
1: Okay. I'm excited to Thank you, Michael, for having me.
0: Absolutely. This episode is sponsored by Rimmel Greenhouse Systems, makers of quality greenhouse structures. Whether you're just getting started or buying your 10th tunnel, Rimmel has a structure to fit your needs. I've purchased and grown in Rimmel houses and would recommend them to everyone.